Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. In October 2019, a jury in Rockford, Illinois, awarded Richard Janowski $3.3 million in punitive damages from Dean Foods. The jury felt that Dean Foods discriminated against Mr. Janowski following a workplace injury in 2014. Mr. Janowski presented testimony that he was terminated from Dean Foods in 2016 for refusing to perform work that exceeded his medical restrictions. The jury also felt that Dean Foods violated the Americans with Disabilities Act because Dean Foods did not accommodate Mr. Janowski's medical restrictions by placing him into one of several open positions they had that he would have been able to perform. This jury decision brings up two important aspects regarding employers accommodating employee restrictions following a workplace injury. First, accommodating an injured employee within the restrictions benefits both the employer and the employee. In general, an employee recovers quicker and with less financial impact because most employers pay the employee the regular wage while on light duty compared to the reduced benefits provided under workers' compensation. Second, the employer typically sees a savings in the long run on workers' compensation insurance costs as the insurer pays less than lost wages. When an insurer pays less, the employer ultimately pays less. In this case, Mr. Janowski alleged that he was terminated for refusing to perform work that exceeded his medical restrictions. It is critical that when working to accommodate an employee's restrictions, that the organization has a clear understanding of what the employee can do. Too often, a physician lists what an employee cannot do, making it a challenge for employers to figure out what an employee can do on light duty. So go back to the physician and have them write restrictions in a manner that indicates what the employee can do. Physicians are often willing to do this so an employee can remain a productive member of an organization. Employers often feel that they have to find a single position to put the employee back into for an entire work shift. I find it's much easier on employers to identify a number of job tasks that can be performed throughout the work shift. To make finding temporary, light-duty tasks easier, consider creating a list of pre-identified job tasks and their associated physical demands. Typically, if you ask managers and supervisors in a facility what tasks they would like to have completed, but they just don't have time to get to, they will identify many such tasks. With today's organizations doing more with less, there seem to be more and more tasks that get put off for another day. Many of these tasks can be performed by a person on restrictions. For example, I worked in a manufacturing facility that needed repainting, whether it was walls or guardrails. So, if employees were given work restrictions requiring them to be seated, they sat in a rolling chair and painted from shoulder height to the floor. A roller with an extension was provided. Employees with a one-handed restriction, but could stand, painted the higher sections. I was once at a convenience store and saw an employee sitting on a low rolling stool with one arm in a sling painting curb stops. While I do not know that the employee was participating in light duty, clearly the task was suitable for the restrictions the employee had. With clear restrictions from the physician and a list of possible light duty tasks, it's time to sit down with the injured employee to review their restrictions and the job tasks that are available for the employee to perform. There should be open discussion between the employee and the employer about the restrictions, the job tasks, and what the performance expectations are for the employee. In most states, if an employee refuses light duty, indemnity benefits can be stopped, and if the employee pursues a case against the employer, the lack of cooperation will often jeopardize their case. I will admit, it takes more work on the employer's part to make light duty work. 
However, the return on investment from not losing all the productivity of the employee, remember, they are still getting paid if they're sitting at home doing nothing, lower workers' compensation costs, and the positive feelings that the employees typically feel from being a productive member of the organization outweigh the challenges. The jury's decision to award Mr. Janowski damages under the belief that Dean Foods violated the Americans with Disabilities Act is not without precedent. The ADA and workers' compensation can simultaneously cover the same employee. If the employee has a disability that qualifies under the ADA, then the employer needs to comply with the requirements of the ADA as applicable. When it comes to determining reasonable accommodations, the EEOC, who administers the ADA, recommends that the employer and the employee use an interactive process to work together to come up with accommodations. Another consideration under the ADA is that if an employer offers light duty to employees injured on the job, they should also offer light duty to individuals with non-work-related injuries. This will prevent the individuals with non-work-related injuries from claiming that the employer failed to accommodate them under the ADA. Before making significant changes to your light duty or ADA compliance programs, I encourage you to work with your attorney to get a legal opinion on the best practices for you to implement. Court opinions vary from region to region and even judge to judge on their interpretation of workers' compensation light duty and ADA accommodation issues. Your legal counsel can also provide you with relevant suggestions for your locale. Take some time and review your practices for light duty. Do you attempt to accommodate the restrictions of employees recovering from a work-related injury? If the physician's restrictions are hard to decipher, do you go back to them and ask for clarification? Or even better, do you ask them what the employee can do? Do you consider the implications of ADA for employees with restrictions applicable to your business? While these issues are not simple to resolve, they can be overcome and lead to cost savings for your organization. There are significant benefits to accommodating employees who have restrictions, whether from a work-related condition or not. I'd like to also thank attorney Eric Updegraff with Hopkins & Hebner of Des Moines, Iowa, for his review of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, create a safer workplace and email me if you have any questions or suggestions.